I'm going to do that over because that was dumb. And I lost my train of thought. Or you know what? Keep this in. Fuck it. I don't know. It's fine. What an appropriately maybe. true statement of yourself. Nothing <laughs> I mean, what what introduction is better than me screwing up? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Worldcasting, where we discuss real, made-up things. I'm your host, Tyler, and today I'll be sitting down to have a short discussion with Adam about his life and works. Adam, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Adam. I am the vice editor-in-chief of World Building Magazine at the time of recording. I am an author. I put together a series of short stories uh in a book called a package of moods um which by the time you hear this i'm not actually sure if it will be available i it's kind of in flux at the moment but i've got a bunch of other irons in the fire as well i am working with smunchy games as well we are actually working on a couple of projects uh the main one that you may have heard of uh is a card game called fray which just a month ago at the time of recording successfully funded on Kickstarter. So, you know, to everyone who helped make that possible, thank you so much. Um, it's been quite a journey. This little game that I made for fun uh, a couple of years ago, uh, then just it started collecting dust and all of a sudden now it's a real thing in other people's homes. Uh, so that's cool. Jeez, oh, this, in, this introduction has gone on for a long time. I, I mean, don't worry. I think I think Phil's introduction for his episode was like probably 30 minutes long. Um, <laughs> Ed, Ed was the same way. Yeah, wasn't? that's right. I remember that. I remember listening to that episode uh, while I was shoveling. And at one point I was like, wow, this guy's still talking. <laughs> he had a lot to say. It was interesting stuff. He, um, he did. He did. And this time we're keeping the, inter the interviews contained a little bit more. So So hopefully we... We can actually get to the meat of it faster and the self-awareness of the <laughs> Are you telling me you don't want me to talk for 30 minutes? I mean, that is the whole point of this, is for you to actually <laughs> talk for 30 minutes. So yes, I do. Just about various subjects instead of an introduction. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do all those things. Um, and I also, outside of the creative space, the uh, world building and stuff, I also am a student at a school doing uh, user interface design. I'm going to be graduating from that in the next couple of months and doing something with it. I don't know what yet, but it's going to be interesting and a whole new field that I haven't worked in before in a professional basis. So yeah, that's exciting. And uh, all of the other stuff in the meantime is keeping me busy with various game design testing and uh, making artwork for it as well. Sometimes working on the magazine uh, right now, we're working on the architecture issue, which if it has come out since the time of 
release of this recording and you're hearing it. <laughs> you can go download it for free. It's super cool, probably. I don't know. I haven't read it all yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hi, my name's Adam. That's who I am and what I do. Well, happy to to finally get to sit down and interview you, Adam. Um, so Dude, I guess to start a long off, day. <laughs> it, it, it has for me as well. So um, we will we'll keep this prompt. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh let's start right off with uh your books with writing i know that you wrote a package of moods and you have been or had been at least working on a uh novella which i believe you were turning into a novel yeah the main world that you world build for how do you find the synthesizing of world building and writing how do you find that you that you personally put the two together i know um a lot of people world build to write or to fill in their writing. For some people, it's kind of a secondary thing uh, to serve the story. And I think to a certain extent, it has to be in that situation. You, you know, you first and foremost, when you're writing a story, you need to do something that makes sense for the story and serves it. You know, if you're reading, uh, I don't know, whatever story you're reading. Um, wow, that's such a great example. <laughs> if you're reading a story, you don't want to have the author go off on like a two chapters of a tangent doing some world building that doesn't actually play into the end result of the story or what the characters are trying to accomplish. Uh, it needs to be focused. So in that respect, you know, when you're doing it in that way, when you're world building for the sake of writing, you need to kind of have a, a goal when you go into it. Now, that being said, Sometimes I don't have a goal. And that's kind of where these uh, world guides that I write come from, uh, is the fact that I want to flesh out more of the world than just the immediate area of the story that I'm writing. So like if I'm writing, let's say, uh, the story that you're referencing, it takes place in one country and three cities. And the characters kind of travel between them as they're looking for someone all I really need to do is explain what those cities are like and a bit about the nation. But by going into some information on neighboring countries, some information on neighboring cities, even like the minutia of what's happening there, I'm able to kind of make it feel like a larger world. So if you are wandering through a market, I could describe it as having like this is set in a very... Uh, very similar to like 1910s to 1920s America, we could say, arguably. And I could describe things from that time period to get you invested in believing that it's that time period. Or I could do some more work in world building and mention things from around the world that have found them, their way to that market uh, still within that time zone but are like mixing because this is a world where you know trade is very lucrative and easy to do because of advanced you know technology for ships and things like that. So just like the how the world was in 1920s, even how the world is now, you know we've got food in America from Mexico, from Asia, from Europe, from Africa. Like the markets here aren't just things that are here. So by world building. In addition to what I need, I can ignore the details of that because the story doesn't require it. But with context clues, I can explain how this is just one piece of the world and show glimpses of 
where other things exist and how other people eat and interact with the world and such. Uh, it's kind of like it's kind of like a, in a previous episode of the podcast. I believe we had uh, Ed Greenwood on, and he talked about how in the Forgotten Realms he would have someone show up from a foreign country and didn't necessarily detail what that was like, but it was enough to give players an idea of oh, this is just a small piece of the world, and there's more out there for me to explore later. So the idea to you is. Um... Similarly, both set dressing, showing the daily lives of the people in that world to kind of make it feel more genuine, and the idea of people kind of being in this wider open world, like like our own, and kind of trying to make it feel a little bit more real, a little bit more genuine, to, to display this, that sense of disbelief. Yeah, I mean, as a writer, you're kind of um, a salesman or a salesperson. You're a salesperson who is trying to convince the reader like obviously this isn't real but what if it was uh can you trust me for a second and just buy in and accept that this is a fleshed out setting and there is you know a realism to it if you only focus on the things that are essential for the story you'll get by and i think you'll do well but if you are able to put in you know, this spice comes from a foreign area. This person grew up uh, from another country. He grew up in another country. You know, adding these little things that kind of give nods to the outside world without distracting from the main plot, I think that can be really valuable. Definitely agreed. Um, the idea, like, you always want to try to stay on topic. And, and I find that a lot of interesting worlds figure out ways to make things on topic versus ones that feel, especially in books, that feel like a little bit too much of a slog where it, it tries to weigh you down with all the world building they did, showing every piece of it. I, I agree. I think it's important to try to stay on topic and focused and show. And it's easier to exemplify in detail things that are happening in the story that are active. Yeah, I think that's where the world guide that I mentioned before comes in handy because you know it's it's kind of a repository for all the fun cool things that you've come up with and it serves as a as a place to kind of get it out of your system and then when you go write the actual story you don't feel compelled to be like oh I, I have this really cool idea that I want to insert here like no if it doesn't fit the story it shouldn't be here uh, if it's too distracting from the story it shouldn't be here put that in your box of tools for later reference it if you're able to do so in a way that doesn't detract from the point of the story um, or in a way that the characters wouldn't naturally do, it's something that you can put in, you know, put it away for later when you need it. So with that in mind, when writing and creating a world guide, you're always, of course, from a farther perspective than characters, you're trying to make the world itself more fleshed out. In doing so, what, what kind of places have you made that have interested you that you didn't know that you could really talk about in stories so you got it out that way or reversely what has surprised you with being so interesting that it's moved you to want to write a story about it so one of the major things definitely has been the number of countries as we discussed everything in the story that i'm primarily working on within this setting uh takes place in one country and a couple of cities within it uh they're rather different areas but it's all within the same country then I started making a world map 
uh, because I wanted to understand what else was out there. And that probably took about seven years. It was, I worked on it off and on. Uh, it wasn't obviously seven years of constant work. Seven years of hard labor and fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it took a while just because like the original concept of the story, I was only focusing on this one country. And then I was only focusing on this one like bay. And then I was only focusing on this one hemisphere and it slowly just grew to a point where it's like, I, I guess I have to make a world map now because I've gotten so far in already and I want to understand what else is out there. And that's part of why it took so long because I had to build up to the point where I was even prepared to do a world map uh, because the initial vision didn't require it. It didn't uh, for a while. I didn't want to make one because I wanted there to be some mystery even for me about what was out there. But, you know, anyone who has spoken with me for too long will tell you that I don't hold up to that very well. <laughs> um, but yeah, by the end of making the world map, uh, I think there are 130 countries in it right now. And each one has a little blurb. It's about a paragraph long. Uh, some of them have multiple pages written about them, uh, like the main culture that I've been writing about for the last few years for this novel that I'm still working on. Then there are others like the ones that I just kind of used to fill in the map. And they've only got that paragraph and I know literally nothing else about them. But it's enough to get started if I need to. It's enough to reference a character from there if I need to later. It's that it's that principle from from Ed. The idea of having just a character come in and with a little bit about them, you don't need to flesh out the rest. It's enough to reference Exactly. It. Yeah. And, and I guess the only other, uh, like there's a, a bunch of little things like that, that I don't know if I'll ever need, but I have ready to go if I need it. Like I've tried to figure out, you know, different uh, holidays that different people might celebrate because that tells a lot about culture. What are they respect or enjoy enough to take a day off work and you know go uh indulge in you know, whatever their holiday consists of i really like getting into uh not just like the magic systems but the education of the magic systems is it supported by the educational system is it something that's shunned do you have to like go to a black market to get supplies for magic or uh, is it just available for everyone? And if you can do it, you know, that's awesome. And people support you. That, again, tells you a lot about the culture and the stories that could exist there. And, and so, yeah, it's it's a lot of these little things like that, which add nuance to the situation. And, you know, maybe I'll need, but, um, you know, a lot of it, like uh, these 130 countries, by the end of it, I kind of just expect to use maybe... 15 or 20 i don't know it's it's all very up in the air and as of right now i'm only actively using one uh beyond this one story do you have any future projects ahead of you maybe it depends on what else i have going on really uh actually there's a couple of other projects in the work one i just started working on uh which i can't go into a lot of detail about but there may be a potential book deal coming with that one in the form of an anthology, which business-wise uh, is more lucrative than this little side project I've got going on. Uh, it certainly could become more, for sure. I love the world. It's like this 1920s 
setting with magic and just a little bit of this like elvish flair to everything. I think it's really fun to explore, but really the expansiveness of which I get into it depends at this point entirely on how much time I have and how much business sense it makes. Because if you know I can start to make some income off of this new project or you know, if um, the game design stuff starts kicking off more and more, I mentioned I was getting into like UI design. I don't know how that's going to impact my available time. So it's it's really just a lot in the air. I do have plans. The current story I'm working on could potentially be a trilogy. I've got potential plans for like linked short story collections uh, from different parts of the world and some notes on how to construct those. I actually have a couple of short stories uh, written, variable amounts of editing applied to them. But yeah, I mean, there, there are plans. Whether or not I actually get to them, how soon I get to them, it all depends on what else is going on in my life. I mean, it's a very sensible approach to it. You're not trying to spread yourself too thin. You want to stay concerted and and keep uh, the momentum going. Essentially, it sounds like you're pre- you're pretty busy, and you and I know I know personally that you are pretty busy. Uh, but keeping that creative momentum going is, I think, key. And I guess that leads me to my next question. Um, how do you keep your creative momentum going, those creative juices flowing? Do you think it's just dedication and you've you've become experienced enough to just continuously continuously exert such effort to to stay creative? Or um, do you have your own process to it? I mean, I don't know if I have a process to motivation, which is kind of what you're asking. I think each person is going to have their own ability. One thing a friend told me once was that if you can figure out what makes you the most productive and to engineer that situation, then you will become more productive. Uh, For his example, he works better at night after, you know, he's kind of gotten his energy out on other things in the day. And so he reserves important projects for later at night when he knows he will be more productive on them. I haven't found anything so specific for my situation. Uh, It's really more about just having flexible schedules. Um, All the stuff that I'm doing at the moment is kind of remote work, and especially with, uh, again, at the time of recording, the COVID-19 pandemic is going around, so kind of stuck at home anyway. So I'm just trying to make the most of my time and really just make something positive out of it, whether that be something like one of these uh, business projects or the courses I'm taking and trying to take time away from that to do things that are just for me as well. And aside from that, just, you know, setting goals is really helpful. Uh, When I was working a more regular job, I would try to set a goal even as small as just write something today. Uh, Sometimes that would be 200 words. Sometimes it would turn into like 1,500. It depended on how much time I had, how easily the words were coming. And sometimes just the the ability to accept that what I'm writing right now isn't going to be final and just, you know, embrace that and try to push through. You can come back to it, edit it later. It's not a big deal. 
editing is a major part of the process of world building, you know, technical stuff, as well as writing prose, as well as game design and everything else. There's iteration on all these kinds of products, uh, projects. And, you know, you really shouldn't fight that. Uh, embrace the fact that things are going to need to change. And if it's not coming out well at the moment, if you can just kind of get some basic ideas down, even in just like jotting notes, uh, then that will allow, that will set you up for later when you are able to be more productive and you take those notes and turn them into something bigger. And then you go back through and edit that and it turns into something bigger and more refined. And eventually you come with, you come out with this uh, product that's, you know, complete or more complete. As a, just a quick aside, I, I definitely fully agree. I think a lot of people underestimate the, the power of a good passing edit and just how you can kind of mm -hmm. continuously cycle something into something greater. Um, so that was, definitely answers my uh, my question on how you kind of process that. Yeah, I think it can be hard for people to share their work with others because um, yes. not everyone can not everyone can uh, kind of internalize. You know, how are people going to receive this? I've had some practice with that, but you know, I'm still surprised as well by uh, some of the responses to things that I've done, uh, whether it be design or writing or something else. So, you know, getting it out there and having people test it is really important. If you're not comfortable with it, just start with people that you do trust and who maybe like you can tell them, you know, just I'm looking for light feedback. I'm looking for this is a casual project, so don't be too harsh. If you need, yeah, if you need to kind of set parameters, don't be afraid to do that if that makes you feel more comfortable because at the end of the day, what matters is having someone else check out what you're doing and, you know, their opinion and their point of view is so, so incredibly helpful to improving what you're working on. And, you know, it's, it's also important to learn if you're not sure about something that they're suggesting you don't necessarily have to take the suggestion. Uh, run it by someone else and see if they say the same thing. That is definitely a lesson I think a, a lot of people have to have to internalize is not just relying on the words of the person you're talking to at that moment and trying to, you know, with a doctor, you always get a second opinion. So why not with something you've created? Yeah, it's, it's really important. You know, all of this stuff that we're talking about and that we do with, uh, you know, the magazine and this podcast, it's all collaborative. You know, Ed had people from TSR helping him create the world and the stories in it. We have authors have beta readers who go through and check to make sure things that, you know, make sense, the characters are consistent, all that good stuff. With world building, it's all just part of the process. And the sooner that you're able to start getting feedback and, and uh, adjusting with it is all the better. Fully agreed. We are uh, we're coming towards our end time here, so I guess I'll just ask: um, Do you have any last bit of wisdom to impart upon our listeners? Any advice for people starting out writing and world building? Oh, I don't know, man. That's a that's a question you should ask people who are actually wise in the ways of <laughs> world building and all that stuff. I, I guess just like as much as you can, listen to your peers and listen to people who have been doing what you're trying to do. I mentioned Ed a couple times in this discussion just because, you know, he is an incredible world builder and he's been doing this for so long. 
the guy knows what he's talking about. We've actually gotten to talk with him a couple times here. And it's, I think, been valuable for our readers and our listeners, but it's also been valuable for us as, you know, the team behind this. You know, we we do this world building stuff too. And we that's part of why we're doing these discussions. And so for us as well, it's important to listen to him and, you know, to Phil Athens. And we had uh, Hello Future Me and Benji on here as well. You know, these are all people who uh, have been doing this stuff for a while and doing research about uh, different cultures and stories and all this good stuff that, you know, really helps everyone world build. So, you know, uh, listen to what all of them have to say and reach out to people to try and uh, get feedback on what you've been working on as much as you can try to, you know, focus if you're writing, focus on a uh, target audience because that's going to help you nail down what you're working on and who it's for. And if it's for yourself, that's fine too. Nothing has to be this big project that you're going to go sell. I mean, that's part of how I justify doing things. So it it does end up that way for me, but a bunch of some of my uh, best friends just write for themselves. And that's fantastic too. I love some of their stories. So yeah, that's my extremely long way of saying, no, I have nothing to say. (laughs) I think you have plenty to say. Um, Well, thank you for coming on and sitting down and talking with me today. I really appreciate it, Adam. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Welcome. You can check out Adam's new game, Fray, over at the Smunchy Games website. It is quite fun to play. Thank you, and have a good night. You've been tuned into Worldcasting, an affiliate production of Worldbuilding Magazine. Have any feedback, comments, questions, or concerns? You can get in touch with us on our website, worldbuildingmagazine.com. There you can find links to our social media. Or feel free to come chat with us on the Worldbuilding Magazine Discord server. Thanks for listening to Worldcasting, and until next week, keep world building.